What's going on, everyone? Hold on, let's readjust the camera. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I'm your host, JT. On tonight's episode, I'm going to be giving you guys my college football picks and predictions. Plus, we're also going to be doing picks against the spread as well. Many of you guys have been requesting me to do picks against the spread. So we got all that. Before we get into it, if you haven't already, make sure that you leave a like, subscribe to the channel. We go live every day, Monday through Thursday, around 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. We're not just a YouTube channel. Every video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on all podcasting platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. If you enjoyed tonight's episode and you want to support the channel, the best way to do so is by giving us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. If you enjoyed tonight's episode, you want to support the channel, the best way to do so is by going ahead and giving us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. All you got to do is type in the JT Sports Podcast on either podcasting platform and it will pop up. Or you can go down to the description down below and there will be the links to the Apple and Spotify versions of the podcast. Now, this is going to be a fairly short episode um, I got to be out of here by around 11, 15, because I got to go print some stuff out and I don't really want to pay to have to print anything. So I got to get to that study center before it closes at 12. So tonight's episode is going to be fairly short compared to our usual episodes. But tomorrow on Wednesday, we will have a fully loaded and jam-packed episode. Let's get into it. Week 8 college football picks against the spread, man. We got Penn State going up against Ohio State. You know, I think that this is the year that Penn State can finally give Ohio State a truly competitive game. And I honestly don't know who's going to win this game. But I do know that I'm going to take Penn State to at least cover. You know, I do think that this game should be no bigger than a three-point margin. Penn State has a really good defense. Drew Aller is a really good quarterback. He's the most talented quarterback that James Franklin has ever had. And I think that Penn State has the quarterback advantage in this matchup. Kyle McCord, he's not bad, but he definitely isn't great. And he probably is the worst quarterback that Ohio State has had in the last couple of years compared to their previous quarterbacks that they've had in the past couple of years we got UCF who is a 19 point underdog going on the road against Oklahoma I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover UCF they're not really good I think there's a chance that Gus Malzahn may be on the hot seat Oklahoma right now they are really hot team they're coming off a big win in their rivalry matchup against Texas and that defense has been lights out so far this season. And UCF, offensively, they just don't really have a lot of firepower to match up well against that OU defense. Air Force is a 10.5-point favorite against Navy. I like Air Force to cover in this game. Air Force is the best of the other military academies out there, and they probably are on their way to winning 10-plus games this year. Navy, I don't really think they're that great. This game probably could be a little bit close for the first couple of quarters, but I think Air Force should pull away. And then we got Washington State 
who is answering their matchup against Oregon as a 20-point underdog. And this is a little bit surprising. Washington State, they were fairly hot to start this season, but they've kind of started to come back down to earth. Cam Ward hasn't really played his best ball. Meanwhile, Oregon is coming off a three-point loss against Washington in a game that they probably could have won if they didn't miss that field goal or if they were able to be more successful on their fourth down attempts. I'm going to take Oregon to cover. I was a little bit tempted to take Washington State, but even though Cameron Ward is a really good quarterback, I just think that the talent differential in this game is really big. And going on the road to win in Autzen Stadium is a really tough place to play at. Oregon, I'm not expecting this offense to struggle against Washington State's defense. I do think that Oregon's defense is good enough to slow Washington State down enough where this game probably potentially could be over by halftime. So I like Oregon to cover against Washington State. We got... One of the biggest games this week, Tennessee, Alabama. Alabama is currently a nine and a half point favorite at the time I'm recording this. And this surprises me, you know, because Alabama hasn't really been potent offensively. Offensively, they do enough. They barely got past Arkansas. Even though they were in control of that game for the most part, Arkansas came back late and made it a little bit of a wonker at times. Then you got Tennessee. Tennessee, this offense is nothing like what it was last year. It's taken a drastic step back. Joe Milton, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great neither. He's kind of been a little bit disappointing. And I think for Tennessee, if their defense isn't able to slow down the rushing attack of Alabama, this probably is going to be a very long game for them. Offensively, they've struggled to generate explosive plays downfield, something that really surprises me considering the fact that Joe Milton has the strongest arm in all of college football. Tennessee, I like them with the plus nine and a half, though. I don't know if I'm going to pick them to win this game. They got a shot because Alabama's offense is inconsistent. And anytime you're going up against an inconsistent offense, as long as you can score enough points, you're going to be able to hang around. Tennessee's defense is really good. They got a really good defensive line. And Alabama's offensive line has been awful this season. So I like Tennessee to be able to cover that plus nine and a half. South Carolina... This is a big game going on the road against Mizzou. Mizzou, they currently are a seven-point favorite entering this game. South Carolina, they haven't been bad, but you look at their record and it may tell you otherwise, but you're not always what your record says you are. This is a team that kind of has been able to hang around with certain teams. Spencer Rattler has been playing some really good football. It's just that they don't have a defense and their offensive line is doo-doo. Missouri. They got one of the best offenses in the SEC. Brady Cook has played really good. They got a really good group of wide receivers led by Luther Burden. Their defense probably may not get a lot of stops in this game, but maybe they can force a turnover or two. I like Missouri with the minus seven in this ball game. Tulane is going up against North Texas. Haven't really watched any of North Texas this year, but... 
I do think it's pretty safe to say that Tulane should cover in this ball game. They still have picked up from where they were last year. They're one of the best G5 schools in America right now. North Texas, they look a little mid to me. Tulane should be able to cover. We got Iowa hosting Minnesota. It's always tricky when you have Iowa on on the docket because they don't have any offense at all. They got a really good defense. Minnesota, their defense is okay. Their offense is terrible. They got quarterback concerns. Their wide receivers aren't great. I like Iowa. I don't know if they're going to win this game convincingly, but I do know that they should at least cover because Minnesota, I don't know what they're going to do offensively against Iowa's stout defense. They don't got a quarterback that can really push the ball downfield. He's not really accurate neither. Iowa, you know that with them, they're going to be able to keep that Minnesota offense pretty much neutralized unless they get a big play on special teams. But Iowa also is a pretty good team on special teams. They win the field position battle. This is going to be a drag out, knockout brawl. It's going to be one of those games that isn't going to be fairly entertaining. It's probably going to be very low scoring. So if you're somebody that bets on the total points, you probably want to take the under in this game, depending on what it is, because there's a really good chance that the first team that gets the 10 in this ball game probably wins it. But I like Iowa right now. They currently are leading the Big Ten West, and Minnesota just hasn't been a good team this year. Texas. On the road against Houston, who is a 23-and-a-half-point dog, I'm going to take Texas to cover. I think they get back on track after that setback that they suffered against Oklahoma. They got a really great offense. Houston is coming off that Hail Mary against West Virginia. I still don't know how the hell that happened. I think that Texas wins this game pretty convincingly. North Carolina, they're a 23-and-a-half-point favorite against Virginia. They look like a really legit team. I've been sleeping on North Carolina for pretty much the whole entire season. They smashed my Miami Hurricanes, and I think they're going to continue to roll against Virginia. I like them to cover. Ole Miss against Auburn. Auburn is a team that you don't really know what to expect from them on a week-to-week basis. They are playing Ole Miss at home, and they gave Georgia a competitive game when they were playing at home last time. Ole Miss has a really good offense, but they don't really got much defense. All right. I like Auburn to cover. I like Auburn because Hugh Freeze, he's somebody that always has his teams ready to play in big games, and even if they lose, it's probably going to still be a tightly contested contest because Ole Miss doesn't really have a great defense. I believe Auburn should have success running the football and being able to do what they want to do on offense, which is why I'm going to take them with the plus six and a half. Michigan, easily, I'm taking them with the minus 24 on the road against Michigan State. Michigan State, they don't really have a true head coach. And that's a big reason why I like Michigan to win this game in the cover convincingly. There's not really anything that Michigan State does particularly well that poses a legitimate threat to Michigan being able to cover and win this game. Even though Michigan is a little bit annoying at times because sometimes in games, it'll take them a while to get going. 
you know, like last week against Indiana, I believe it was a really close game in the first quarter. And then after the second quarter, they just busted that thing wide open and they took control and they covered Duke against FSU. They're plus 14. I think I'm easily going to take Duke, even though FSU has the talent advantage. Duke has proven to everybody this year that they're able to hang around with any team. They were able to hang around with Notre Dame. They upset Clemson week one, which even though it was a week one affair, Duke had a way more dominant win against Clemson than what Florida State had. And I know that the games are different week by week. Playing on the road in Dolt Campbell Stadium is going to be a hostile environment, but Mike Elko is a really good coach. He always has his team well prepared. They don't beat themselves. They're not going to have a lot of costly penalties. They're not going to have a lot of crazy turnovers. And also, they got a really great defense. And Florida State has had the tendency to kind of start the game out kind of slow at times. Like against Boston College, you know, that game kind of could have went Boston College's way. It's just Florida State, they don't necessarily beat teams that you expect them to blow out convincingly. Looking at this game, you expect them to blow out Duke, but I think that Duke, with how great that defense is and how good of a coach Mike Elko is, I like them to keep this game within at least 10 points, so I like them to cover that plus 14. I think LSU easily covers against Navy. Their offense is really good, and Navy, you know, they run that triple option offense, which LSU's defense should be able to stop. The problem with LSU hasn't really been on their front seven defensively. It's been more on the back end, and I think that they probably covered this game by halftime. We got Utah going on the road against USC. This is a tricky game. Utah has a great defense, but they got absolutely zero offense. We're not going to see Cam Rising suiting up in this game. And the thing with USC is that although their defense isn't great, their defense shouldn't be asked to do much against a Utah offense that can't throw the football at all. They don't really have any quarterbacks that are capable of being a threat, consistently throwing the football. They really got to run the football to be effective. And if USC's defense can slow down Utah's run game, this could be a close game for the first couple of quarters, but Utah's defense can only keep them in the game for so long. This offense, with them being inefficient, is going to have their defense on the field for a lot of plays. And it's hard to ask this Utah defense to slow down Caleb Williams and this USC offense. I know that Notre Dame roughed them up really bad on the road in South Bend, but there's not going to be too many games where we're going to see Caleb Williams throwing three interceptions in the first half. This is a big spot for USC to bounce back. I think that they do. And I think that they end up covering that minus six and a half spread that they have. Utah, they probably do keep this game close for a quarter or two. But USC just has way too much firepower on offense for them just to be held to under 20 points. If Utah can keep USC from getting 20 points, maybe they could find a way to hang around. But with no offense, it's just hard to see them really being able to stay around in that USC game. Arizona State is a 26-and-a-half-point underdog against Washington. I know it says minus 26-and-a-half. It's supposed to say plus 26-and-a-half. But I'm taking Washington to cover either way. 
Sorry for the technical error there. Washington going up against one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. Arizona State has been able to give teams like USC, Colorado a little bit of a fight, but Washington, with how well they're able to throw the football and how high of a level Michael Penix is playing at right now, currently the Heisman front runner. I'm going to take Washington to be able to cover, plus they're going to have the home for the advantage. So these are my college football week eight picks against the spread. If you guys put any money using these picks on a parlay or something like that, I only want the credit. I don't want the blame. But I've been pretty good when it comes to college football picks against the spread this year. My Yahoo League, I'm currently tied for first place. We had a down weekend last week, but I'm expecting a big bounce back week this weekend. NFL Week 7 picks against the spread. Thursday night football, the Jaguars are a one-point underdog against the New Orleans Saints. This pretty much is a pick em. I'm rolling with the Jaguars. I'm not going to put any faith in Dennis Allen. And Derek Carr, this is a mid-football team. My only concern is that Jacksonville is inconsistent. They're a streaky team. They can come out and play a good game one week, and they can come out and give you a stinker the next. But going up against a mid-coaching staff, Jacksonville should be able to win this game, and they should be able to cover because it's only a plus-one spread. So it's like it's pretty much a pick em. We got Browns, Colts. The Browns are coming off that stunning win against the San Francisco 49ers. Their defense has played incredibly well. I'm going to take them to cover against the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson is out for the season. Gardner Minshew is in, and Gardner Minshew struggled last week against the Jaguars. And I think with how great that Jim Schwartz defense is, I'm not expecting too much out of Indianapolis offense. And even if Deshaun Watson isn't ready to go in this game, I don't really think it will make a difference having P.J. Walker at QB. Indianapolis does have a great defense, but at the same time, the Browns defense is the best in the NFL right now. So even if the Browns offense doesn't do much, their defense is good enough that it should be enough to prevail, propel them to cover. Pittsburgh, L.A. Rams. The Rams are a three-point favorite. Pittsburgh I see why they're an underdog in this game. They're notoriously known for playing down the competition. On paper, I think the Steelers are the better team, but the Rams have the coaching advantage, which is why they are the favorite. I like Pittsburgh to cover, though. All right, Pittsburgh's defense is really good. The LA Rams' offense is pretty solid, but I think that with the fact that their offensive line is kind of in a situation where they're going up against two fantastic edge rushers and Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. That's going to be the difference in this game. I think that the Steelers defense is going to continue to do what they've done all season long. I don't know about this secondary, all right? But what gives me confidence is that the Rams defense is not that talented. They got a lot of young players on that team. I think even though the Steelers have had their struggles offensively, they should be able to crack 20 in this game. And if the Steelers can get the 20 points in any game, I think they got a good chance at being able to win. And even though I'm not high on the play calling, a lot of people hate Matt Canada's guts. I just trust them against a defense that really isn't that talented. I think that the Steelers offense should be able to do enough to get the win. We got the Raiders and the Bears. No Justin Fields. I'm easily taking the Raiders to cover. Even though I wouldn't be surprised 
if the Chicago Bears ended up covering, just because it is the Raiders, I don't know how much faith you can really have in Josh McDaniels, but against below average teams, the Raiders have been able to be pretty good. When they go up against top-level competition, not so much, but they beat up on the Packers. They also recently beat the New England Patriots, so I expect them to continue the role against the Chicago Bears, who aren't going to have Justin Fields. I'm trying to pull up the next slate of games that we have here. Give me a second. All right. Buffalo, New England. New England, eight and a half point underdog at home going up against the Bills and Foxborough. I'm going to go with Buffalo to cover, man. It's tough because at one point, you would think that New England's defense could keep them in the game. But it's like their defense hasn't really had any hope due to how bad the offense has been. And when you don't have a great offense, your defense can only do so much. The Buffalo Bills, they tend to play down the competition. But there's just such a big talent gap between these two squads. Like, I would be surprised if Buffalo isn't able to blow out New England. What's up, my guy, Ice White Ice in the, in the chat? What's up to you? Hope you're having a good night. Washington versus the New York Giants. I'm taking Washington. Washington is a team that I've been really high on even before this season started. Sam Howell has looked really good. They don't got an offensive line, but... I don't think the New York Giants got all that good of a pass rush, and their offensive line is terrible, and they're all right, and the Washington Commanders have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. You got Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young is making his claim for comeback player of the year. I like Washington to cover. We got Atlanta and Temple Bay. Atlanta is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Temple Bay is the favorite. I trust Tampa the cover because they got a great defense Atlanta's offense is really inconsistent you know they don't really do a good job at giving the ball to their playmakers I'm still wondering why the hell is how Jira is getting a considerable amount of carries compared to B. John Robinson even though they drafted B. John in the top 10 whatever that's a discussion for another day the Buccaneers defense is legit and when you look at the Buccaneers and all of their losses they lost the great teams. They lost the Philadelphia Eagles early this year on Monday night. They lost to the Detroit Lions last week. I like them to be able to shape back against the Atlanta Falcons squad. That does have a pretty solid defense, but offensively, with Desmond Ritter at the helm at QB, I definitely think that they're going to be able to force him into a good amount of mistakes. That's why I'm going to go with the Bucs to win. The Ravens, surprisingly... Into their big matchup against the Detroit Lions as three-point favorites. Now, the Lions, at least right now, look like the best team in the NFL. If you were ranking all the teams in order from best to worst, the Lions either would be number one or somewhere in your top three. But there's a reason why they got to be a three-point underdog, right? The Baltimore Ravens, I've watched pretty much every single game of theirs. This offense has looked really good when Lamar Jackson is able to have his receivers catching the football. That's really the only thing. Like, the Ravens' receivers are really inconsistent. Outside of Zay Flowers, nobody has really been a consistent option for Lamar Jackson. Like, OBJ, like, 
You don't even know if he's going to be able to make it through a full game. The receivers outside of Zay Flowers drop a lot of passes. And I still don't really know about the Baltimore Ravens pass rush in this game going against one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Lions. I love my guy, Lamarvelous. He's having an incredible season, but I think right now the Lions just are overall better team than the Ravens, so I'm going to take them to cover this game, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning this game outright. You know, I'm a little surprised that Baltimore is a favorite. I guess it's because they're playing at home. We got Packers, Broncos. This is pretty much a pick em. Broncos are a one-point underdog. Packers, one-point favorite. I don't really know, man. I really don't know. Because Jordan Love, like, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. He'll play crappy in the first half. He'll wake up in the second half. The last time I watched him play, he played an all-around terrible game against the L.A. Raiders. Like, he had a bone-scratching interception that he threw to seal the win for the Raiders. But at the same time, like, the Broncos are terrible. You feel me? It's like, I don't know. Who do, who do y'all have? For those of you guys in the chat right now, who do you guys think is going to cover or win this game pretty much? The Broncos or the Packers? I don't know. Like, I am really am leaning the Broncos because, like, I know their defense is terrible, but Jordan Love is a really young quarterback, and he is prone to make a lot of mistakes. I like Denver. Okay, like I'm not super confident about this. All right, but since I gotta pick one, you damn near could flip a coin and pick whoever it lands on to win this game. I'm gonna trust Denver to get the win. I just don't really trust Jordan Love in a spot like this. And Joe Barry's defense, a lot of Packers fans are not impressed with it. They don't like this dude as their defensive coordinator. So I think that this could be a game where we see the Broncos offense potentially roll. Chargers, five and a half point underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, Brandon Staley's defenses have been terrible. And the offense for the Chargers has been pretty much lights out, minus their Monday night performance against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, even though the Chargers offense has been really good, they struggled against a really good defense in Dallas. And Kansas City's defense, this is the best defense that... Steve Spagnola has ever had in his last couple of years being the DC for the Chiefs. The Chiefs offense is a little bit out of sorts right now, but you do have Travis Kelsey still. Rasheed Rice is starting to emerge as the top receiver in that offense. I like Kansas City to cover. Okay. This probably will be a close game, but I think it'll be a game that probably will be more decided by six points or more versus it being decided by five points or less. The Chargers just don't have a great defense. And regardless of the Chiefs offensive struggles, I mean, Brandon Staley isn't a good coach. And I think that Andy Reid is going to get the best of this matchup. And even if the Chargers offense can score some points on Kansas City's defense, I don't think that Kansas City's offense is going to get stopped too many times against that Chargers defense. Their offensive line should hold up pretty well against that Chargers pass rush, which is really good. But if you can keep Patrick Mahomes upright, they're going to have a field day with that secondary. Outside of Duran James, you can run whoever offense on whoever is guarding any of your wide receivers. Dolphins, Eagles, this is tough. This is probably 
the biggest game this week. You know, the Dolphins, their offense, when it's on, is on. But let's not forget when they lost to the Buffalo Bills. All right. The last time this team went up against a incredible defense, their offense got shut down. And even against the New England Patriots, the New England Patriots defense had a pretty good outing. Now, Philadelphia, they're looking for some help in their secondary. Their secondary hasn't played at the level that it did last year, and this defense kind of has taken a little bit of a step back. Jalen Hurts kind of has taken a step back as well. But one thing about this Vic Vangio defense is that it's a conservative defense, all right? And you should be able to have success running the football against Miami if you are Philadelphia. And I think that Philadelphia still is the better overall team than Miami. I'm going to take the Dolphins to lose this game. And I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles outright and to cover. The Philadelphia Eagles are still a really good team. I think that people are kind of over critiquing them just a little bit because of the changes that they've had on the coaching staff over the course of this offseason. I still think that they're one of the best teams in the NFL, and I think they're going to prove it in this game, and they're going to be able to cover. Seattle, minus eight against Arizona. I feel like this is a trick by Vegas to steal money from you because looking at this game on paper, you would think Seattle should run away with it, but Geno Smith hasn't looked all that great. You know, this defense can play good football at times, but at the same time, they also can look pretty bad at certain moments and Arizona has shown the ability to hang around with pretty much any team all right now they didn't really have a great performance against the Rams that probably was the worst game of the year against Seattle you know uh, I'm probably gonna have to go with Arizona I'm gonna take Arizona like Seattle's offense just hasn't looked all that hot to me. Geno Smith hasn't looked all that hot. He made a lot of mistakes last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. I like Arizona to be able to cover that plus eight against Seattle. Now, are they going to win this game? I'm not going to take them to win, but I am going to take them to cover. Now, lastly, we got Monday Night Football, 49ers, minus seven on the road against the Minnesota Vikings, a Minnesota Vikings team that... Their defense is better than what it was last year with Brian Flores calling the plays, but they just don't got a lot of talent, and they're outmatched on the offensive line, too. You When you look at the San Francisco 49ers defensive line versus the old line of the Vikings, it's a mismatch. But we do know that Minnesota is more than capable of being able to put up points on any defense if you give Kirk Cousins time to throw the football. They are without Jay Jettas, but they got Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson. They got a good core that should be able to fill the lack of production that they're not going to have without Jay Jettas. I don't know if I... I'm going to take San Fran. All right, San Fran, this is a bounce back spot for them. They had a really disappointing performance against the Browns. The Vikings defense isn't as good as what the Browns defense is. And with how bad Minnesota's offensive line has been, they can't run the football. They're not going to be able to protect Kirk Cousins. And not having Justin Jefferson in a game like this, you're definitely going to miss them. So this is it for my NFL Week 7 picks against the spread. Like I told you guys previously, if you guys end up using these to put on your tickets or your parlays if they hit 
Hit me up and let me know that they hit. If they don't, I only want the credit. I don't want the blame. NFL Week 7 predictions. Thursday night football. The Jags are going on the road to take on the New Orleans Saints, man. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not going to put any of my faith in Dennis Allen in New Orleans. They're a mid-team. I took New Orleans last week against Houston, and these fools let me down. Dennis Allen is supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. So explain to me why the hell was C.J. Stroud looking like a 10-year veteran against his defense? C.J. Stroud outplayed Derek Carr like Saints fans really tried to sell us this dream that Derek Carr was going to just elevate this whole entire offense, and the offense still is shit. Like, there was a third-down situation where Derek Carr and company needed the first down to keep the drive alive, and instead, this fool threw a three-yard check down to Alvin Kamara. I know Jacksonville is a really inconsistent and streaky team, but I like them over Dennis Allen in New Orleans. I just like them because they got the coaching advantage. I'm taking Cleveland over Indianapolis. Their defense is phenomenal, and Anthony Richardson is most likely done for the season. You saw how the hell Gardner Minshew played last week against the Jaguars. That's just what comes with Minshew mania. You're going to have some good performances out of Gardner Minshew, and you're also going to have some stinkers in there. Cleveland, they probably won't have Deshaun in this game, but I don't really think it's going to matter all that much. This will be a low-scoring affair, but this defense is ultimately the reason why I believe they win this game. The Steelers play the Rams. The thing with this game is that you know, the Steelers are a team that tends to play down the competition, all right? But they're an underdog in this game. They're a three-point underdog. The Rams are favored. And the reason why is because you're probably thinking that the Rams offense should be able to win this game for them regardless of how good the Steelers defense is because the Steelers have zero offense pretty much. Their offense, you pretty much can go get you something to eat, come back five minutes later, and nothing much changes other than who has possession on the ball. I like Pittsburgh in this game. The reason why I like Pittsburgh to win is because, first of all, Anytime you're playing any team in L.A. and you got a fan base like the Steelers, they're going to travel really well. This is most likely going to become a away game for the Rams, even though they're playing at home. Steelers fans are going to travel pretty well, so it's going to be loud. And this defense is phenomenal. At least the defensive line is. Now, the secondary is a little bit shaky, and the Rams receivers probably could have a field day on this Steelers secondary, but at the same time, for Matthew Stafford to carve up the Steelers defense, he's going to have to get the ball out pretty fast against Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt and a really phenomenal defensive line. I think the defense can keep the Steelers afloat in this game, and I think that as long as this offense can get the 20 points, that'll be enough for them to win this game. And it's not like the Rams' offense has been lighting the world up on fire like this offense, it's been good. It's been better than what we expected, but it's not like they've been erupting. I like the Raiders against the Chicago Bears. I'm going to take them to win. They don't got Justin Fields. They got Tyson Badgett in there who didn't look too bad last week, but at the same time, the Raiders have showed the ability that even though they don't play well against good teams, they can beat up on below average teams and that's what the Chicago Bears are. Give me the Raiders with the W.
Now, we got the Bills going on the road to Foxborough easily. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. New England's defense hasn't looked good as it did the first couple of weeks into this season. That's mostly due to the offense and the Bills defense. You know, they've been playing lights out despite the injuries that they've had to Matt Milano and Trey White. Sean McDermott's doing a fantastic job. Their defensive line is really good. They got multiple guys on that defensive line who can win one-on-one matchups and get after the quarterback. And the Patriots offensive line, if you didn't see the ending to their loss against the LA Raiders, these fools tried to chip Max Crosby with Hunter Henry. It didn't work. And the right tackle got beat. It's like as soon as Mac Jones got the ball in 1.5 seconds, Max Crosby was in the backfield bringing them down. I like the Buffalo Bills to win this game and to win it pretty convincingly. I'm taking the Commanders over the New York Giants. That's not really a game that I really got to think too much about. Maybe the New York Giants get up for this game and they keep it close like how they did last week, but their offensive line has been awful. And the Washington Commanders, their defense has definitely underperformed this year. I expected this defense to be much better. This is the worst this defense has been under Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, but they got a fantastic defensive line. Chase Young is making his claim for comeback player of the year. You got Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. They're going to feast on that New York Giants offensive line all afternoon. It doesn't matter if Tyrod plays or if Daniel Jones plays. I don't really think it matters that much. They're not going to have too much time to do anything. And the Washington Commanders are looking for some payback because they tied with the Giants last year, the last time they played. And that was one of the biggest reasons why they missed out on the playoffs last year by this much. So I think that they're going to have added motivation in this game. And if they win this game, they'll be above 500. And I think that Washington is a team that a lot of people are overlooking coming into this year. Sam Howell has played really good outside of his four interceptions against the Buffalo Bills. He hasn't really had too many bad games. So I trust Washington to win this game against the New York Giants. Although it's a divisional game, these games tend to be a little bit close. I do like for the commanders to pull away with the victory. Falcons, Buccaneers. This is a game that probably is going to dictate who takes control of the NFC South. Atlanta's defense has been pretty solid, but the Buccaneers' defense has been great. And I just like the Bucs in this game because Atlanta's quarterback situation doesn't give me any confidence. Until they put Taylor Heineke out there, I'm not picking Atlanta to beat any team that has remotely solid defense. Desmond Ritter, the dude has tunnel vision up there. I don't trust him. He makes stupid decisions with the ball. He's a good athlete, and when he's on, he's on. But the problem with Desmond Ritter is that very seldomly he's on. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win this game. We got Lions versus the Ravens. Now, this is a tricky game. This is a toss-up because I love Lamar. But the Ravens, their wide receivers have really let Lamar down at times. You know, there were a lot of drops in their loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they bounced back against the Tennessee Titans, but still, like, this offense still hasn't reached its full potential. And it's not because Lamar, because Lamar is playing some damn good football. Like, he's been really good working the quick game. He also has been really accurate on his deep balls. It's just that these receivers have been inconsistent. And 
I don't know about the Ravens' defensive line in this game. I don't know if that pass rush is going to be able to hit home against the Detroit Lions, who have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. But a key injury to the Detroit Lions is that they're not going to have David Montgomery in this game. Now, Jameer Gibbs is going to be back. He's going to be healthy. But for some reason, the Lions just don't know how to utilize Jameer Gibbs properly. So they could be one-dimensional in this game. And maybe if this ends up becoming a game that the Lions have to win by throwing the football, you still kind of like the Lions. And the Lions, defensively, they're secondary. And it's been hit or miss at times. For the most part, it's been dependable. And with the fact that these Ravens receivers struggle with drops, I like Detroit to get the win. Like, I love Lamar. I really do. And I do like the Ravens overall as a team. I just think that the Lions right now, they're really starting to hit their stride and they're starting to separate themselves from the rest of the other teams and the NFL. We got the Packers going on the road to take on the Denver Broncos. I like the Denver Broncos to get the win. I don't really like Vance Joseph's defense and I don't like Joe Barry's defense neither. But at the same time, which quarterback do you trust more? Jordan Love or Russell Wilson? I trust Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, he's better than what he was last year. Still isn't great, but I think he could at least outperform Jordan Love. Jordan Love, you don't really know what you're going to get out of him on a week-to-week basis. You know, he could be really good one week. And then the next week he struggles in the first half and wakes up in the second half. And then you can get the performance that you got out of him and their Monday night loss to the Raiders a couple of weeks ago where he just stunk it up for the whole entire game. I trust Denver to get the win. I think this is going to be their second win of the season. And this may be one of the few games that Denver actually has a chance at being able to win. I'm taking Kansas City to beat the Chargers. I have Zero faith in Brandon Staley. The Cowboys pretty much gift-wrapped it to Chargers to win on Monday night, and they said, F it. We don't want it. Christmas is just around the corner. Save our Christmas gift until until Christmas time. And I think that the best Christmas gift that Chargers fans can get at this point is the news that Brandon Staley has officially be fired. And I hate the fact that people are starting to turn on Justin Herbert. Like, people are saying, you can't win a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's overrated. Like, Stop it. Regardless of how you feel about Justin Herbert, he's still a top five, top 10 quarterback in this game. He's still one of the most talented quarterbacks in all of football. He just has shit coaching. Like when Brandon Staley gets fired at the end of the season, Justin Herbert will be on his third coach in what, five, six years? Most quarterbacks that have to overcome several changes on the coaching staff, especially head coach, mostly end up being bust. So the fact that Justin Herbert is still considered to be a top 10, top five quarterback, wherever you want to rank him, despite all of the coaching turnover that he's had to deal with, shows you how good of a quarterback he is. And, you know, Kansas City's defense has played really well. And in past years, you've always been able to trust the Chargers to be able to score points on Kansas City's defense. But this year, I don't know what the hell Steve Spagnuolo was cooking up during the offseason, but this defense is the best that has ever been under him, being the defensive coordinator. I'm going with KC to get the win. I know their offense hasn't looked all that great, but they're going up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And 
The thing that makes the Chargers defense bad is their secondary. Like, their front seven has been really good. Like, Khalil Mack has been playing at an all-pro level this year. So, if Kansas City's offensive line struggles in this game and this pass rush of L.A. can help out that struggling secondary, then maybe this game potentially could tilt in the Chargers' favor. But I'm not really putting a lot of faith in Brandon Staley. I think he's an awful head coach and... I'm going to take the Chiefs just because they got the better head coach, and I just think that they're the more safer team to pick. We got Eagles, Dolphins. You know, the last time we thought the Dolphins have arrived, the Buffalo Bills reminded us that they were kings of the AFC East. Now, people are still high on the Miami Dolphins, right? They're 5-1. Many people regard them as one of the top teams in the AFC where they're going up against Pretty much everybody's picked to make it out of the NFC and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I don't know how you feel about the Philadelphia Eagles, but I think that the Eagles are being just a tad bit underrated. Like, they're being a little bit overly scrutinized. This is a 5-1 and football team, and people are making it seem like they're 0-6. They continue to call out the coaching staff changes. Yeah, Jalen Hurts had a really awful game against the Jets, and he kind of has taken a little bit of a step back, but they still have one of the best teams in all of the NFL, and so do the Miami Dolphins. I'm rolling with the Eagles to get the win, though. You know, for some reason, anytime the Dolphins are in big games and prime time, they don't really have great performances. And the last time I saw the Miami Dolphins play in a big game on Sunday Night Football, like... They didn't really beat the Patriots all that convincingly. So give me the Eagles to win against the Miami Dolphins. Like, I just think the Miami Dolphins have a big game problem. Obviously, I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks over the Arizona Cardinals. Even though I do like Arizona to cover against Seattle, they are like an eight-point underdog in this game. Geno Smith has struggled, but... I think that Seattle should be able to pull off the win, regardless if this ends up being a game where maybe Geno Smith still can't get a lot of things going due to the offensive line and whatnot. Lastly, Monday Night Football, we got the Vikings hosting the San Francisco 49ers, who are coming off a shocking loss to the Cleveland Browns without Deshaun Watson. I think the 49ers bounce back. The Vikings, they don't have a good offensive line. Their defense is okay. The 49ers, yeah, they're down a couple of key guys. Debo Samuel is roughed up. Chris McCaffrey is roughed up as well. But I still think that the 49ers, with how good their defensive line is, they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. And they're not going to have Jay Jettis in this game. Now, they do got some really good receivers, even though they're not on the level of Jay Jettas. Jordan Addison has been one of the, the best rookie wide receivers so far this season. You got TJ Hawkinson, you got KJ Osborne, but I just don't know if this offense can have a lot of success against this defense, especially with the fact that they're one-dimensional. They can't run the football at all. And I got Alexander Madison on my fantasy teams, or I had him on my fantasy teams, and he's been a major disappointment like. Give me the 49ers. These are my NFL Week 7 predictions. Let me know your thoughts down in the comment section down below. College football Week 8 predictions. Penn State versus Ohio State. We've been waiting all offseason for this damn game. All right? Drew Aller, this is your time, fam, to show everybody why you were the number one quarterback prospect coming out of your recruiting class. James Franklin, I feel like 
the one thing that he's missing or he has missed that Michigan and Ohio State have had is his guy at quarterback. You know, Ohio State has had some really good quarterbacks come through there. C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, Kyle McCord. I don't think he's better than Drew Aller. So I give Penn State the quarterback advantage in this game. Their offensive line is really good. Alufashanu, their star left tackle, hasn't given up a single sack all this year. And he's only given up like one or two pressures throughout all his years starting for Penn State. Now, last time Ohio State played Penn State, we saw JTT absolutely take over this game. Are we going to see another performance where somebody on that Ohio State defensive line takes over? I don't know. Like, I think Penn State's offensive line is pretty legit. I definitely think that they're going to be better for this game or they're going to be able to handle that defensive line of Ohio State a lot better than what they did last year. And Penn State has a really good defense. Like, Ohio State's offense has not been that great. Kyle McCord is definitely the worst quarterback that Ohio State has had in the last couple of years. And this is a school that's had some really great quarterbacks come through there, like Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, and recently C.J. Stroud. I definitely think that there's a there's a significant drop-off with those quarterbacks compared to Kyle McCord. Now, that's not me saying that Kyle McCord sucks. It's just me saying that I don't think Kyle McCord is all that great. And a large reason why Ohio State has been able to get the most out of Penn State or get the better of them is because they've had better quarterback play. Like Trace McSorley started out slow in this game in the first half last year. He picked it up in the second half. I don't think they're going to have that same issue this year. And they are playing this game on the road. And both of these two teams have really good defenses. I'm going to take Penn State. Okay, I know you don't really see a lot of upsets occurring on the road like that, but I think that the gap between these two teams is pretty much within even, all right? I think that the fact that for the first time in a while, Ohio State not going into this game with the obvious quarterback advantage gives Penn State a chance. And Penn State has a fantastic backfield. Katron Allen is a really good running back. They also got another really good running back behind them. You wonder how the receivers are going to perform in this game. But overall, I'm going to take Penn State. I think Drew Aller makes the difference. Obviously, I'm taking Oklahoma over the Gus Bus. Really disappointed with how Gus Malzahn's tenure at UCF has been. I know this is their first year in the Big 12, but I just kind of expected them to be a little bit more potent offensively. I'm taking Air Force to beat Navy. Air Force is one of the best group of five schools out there right now, and they probably are well on their way to having a 10-win season. Obviously, we're taking Oregon at home at Autzen Stadium. Washington State, they've went cold the last couple of weeks. Like Cam Ward, I don't know what the hell has happened to that dude, but he just went from, you know, a dark horse Heisman contender to now looking not so hot. I think Oregon, they're going to be super motivated coming off that three-point loss to Washington, and their defense is really good, all right? Like, let's not get it twisted. Even though Washington had their way with that defense, Washington State's offense is nothing compared to Washington's offense. So I think that Oregon should win this game pretty convincingly. Tennessee against Alabama. I'm taking Alabama, all right? 
They're playing this game at home this year. Tennessee beat Alabama last year because I felt like the home field advantage is what helped them get the win. Alabama, we know their offense is inconsistent. You know, like Alabama this season, if you're a fan of the Crimson Tide, you're pretty much crossing your fingers that you can get the 24, 27 points. And if you can reach 24, 27 points in this game, you feel pretty good about your chances because even though your offense has struggled, your offensive line hasn't been great. You still have the ability to generate big plays downfield. Jalen Milrow, anytime he takes a shot downfield, he's pretty streaky with his deep ball accuracy, but he does have the ability to hit those big money balls downfield. And Alabama's starting to have some receivers that are now starting to come along and emerge. Like Jermaine Burton has been a really good addition for Alabama. They picked him up in the transfer portal last year. He had a really disappointing 2022 campaign, but he's been a monster this year for the Tide. Tennessee, you think their offense would be great at generating explosive plays based on what they did last year, but this offense hasn't looked the same. As a matter of fact, it's been the polar opposite. Like This offense has been fairly disappointing. Joe Milton, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. And, you know, you can't bench him for Nico Imaviava because he hasn't played bad enough for you to bench him. But going up against this Alabama defense, I don't know, Jay, if, you know, my guy Jalen Milrow is going to end up getting outplayed by Joe Milton. Like, Joe Milton, he's been a hit or miss. You know, he hasn't been terrible, but at the same time, he hasn't been great. But this definitely could be a game where Joe Milton could rise to the occasion. He definitely has the talent to do so. And Alabama secondary has given up a good amount of big plays here and there at times. But I'm going with the tide to win. Tennessee's defense is good enough to keep them in this game. This probably will be a low-scoring affair, but I trust Alabama's defense a little bit more than I trust Tennessee, and plus, they're playing at home. And regardless of how you feel about Alabama, not too many teams are able to come away with wins on the road in Tuscaloosa. Like, if you beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa, you're a damn good football team. Missouri versus South Carolina. We got the Beamer boys, and you always know that you can't count out the Beamer boys, all right? And they're going on the road to take on Missouri, and this is pretty much do or die mode for South Carolina. Like, a loss here makes their chances of becoming bowl eligible really difficult. Now, the good thing is that South Carolina doesn't really have to worry about defense too much because Missouri's defense isn't really great neither. But they are capable of being able to get stops, and their offense is really good. South Carolina, they pretty much have been the Spencer Rattler show pretty much. And they do have a really good running back. They got some really good receivers. So they can hang around with Missouri. Like, this is a game that can go either way. I'm going to take Missouri to get the win, though. I think Missouri should be able to pull it out. Even though I don't have a lot of confidence that they can win this game, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if South Carolina pulled off the upset. And I probably am going to have this on my upset watch list when it comes out tomorrow. I'm taking Tulane over North Texas. North Texas, haven't seen too much of them, but I do know that there's no way in hell they're going to be able to beat Tulane 
Tulane just has way too much offensively. And I like Iowa over Minnesota. I know Iowa is boring as hell to watch because they got zero offense. They're all defense and special teams, but Minnesota's offense is worse. They got no quarterback. The receivers can't separate, and their offensive line isn't good. Give me Iowa over Minnesota. Texas is going on the road to take on Houston. I'm taking the Longhorns to bounce back. I like UNC over Virginia. UNC has been on the warpath as of late, and I apologize to North Carolina. You know, I've shitted on y'all all off season. I called y'all overrated, and I didn't think y'all was going to be bad. Like, I had y'all in my top 25. I felt y'all be a eight-win team, maybe a nine-win team potentially, but this is a team that potentially could win the ACC championship. With the way Drake May is playing and the way Gene Chizik has those boys on defense playing, like, North Carolina is a football school, at least for this season. Now, we got Ole Miss taking on Auburn. I said earlier I like Auburn to cover, but I like Ole Miss to win outright. I just think that Ole Miss should be able to execute in the bigger moments of this game. I'm taking Michigan over Michigan State. Like, Michigan State doesn't have a real head coach, and with them not having a real head coach, I just think that in the game against Michigan and the rivalry matchup, that's really going to hurt them. And Michigan should gouge these boys. And this game probably could be over by the time we get to halftime with the way Michigan has played. We got Duke and FSU. I'm taking FSU with the win. Duke, they're going to be able to hang around. I definitely think that Duke will cover. They're well coached. They don't beat themselves. They got a really good defense. I think that this possibly could be the second best team that FSU has played up to this point. Because remember, Duke trounced Clemson week one. So we already know Duke is a better team than Clemson. And they came really close to beating Notre Dame. So this is a team that is more than capable of being able to hang around with FSU. And it's not like FSU has looked super dominant. Outside of their dominated win against Syracuse, they got a tendency to play with their food a little bit. So although that minus 14 looks really appealing, you know, I like Duke with how great that defense is and the fact that they're well coached. They don't really commit a lot of costly turnovers or penalties. So give me FSU with the win, but I'll take Duke to cover. Obviously, LSU should beat Navy or Army. I think this is Army. Barring a catastrophic disaster, LSU should get it done. We got Utah taking on USC. I know a lot of people are kind of low on USC now with them getting exposed by Notre Dame. But you got to remember that that was a really tricky game for USC. Like they struggle historically in South Bend. Like they haven't been in North, they haven't been in Notre Dame and South Bend since 2011, if my memory serves me correctly. And what makes me confident taking USC to win this game is that, yeah, you may not be high on USC's defense, but Utah's quarterback play isn't good enough to take advantage of a questionable defense. Like, their quarterbacks have been awful. They can't really get a lot of consistency in the passing game, and they kind of have to just find ways to win. Now, this defense is legit. Like, Utah's defense is one of the best in all of college football, but even if you got a great defense, you still got to be able to put up points, and I don't think that Utah's defense is going to be able to keep USC's offense down enough for them to be able to win this game like regardless if Utah's defense shows up 
you at least need to be able to score 24 points in this game. And I don't think that Utah's offense is capable of being able to do that. And lastly, I'm easily taking Washington at home against Arizona State. Washington, I picked them to win the Pac-12 before the season began. And it looks like that was one of the best predictions that I've made all offseason. So this is it for my college football week eight predictions. Let me know your predictions and your picks down in the comment section down below. This is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. This is a pretty short episode. My apologies, but I got to get out of here because the study center closes in like 30 minutes and I got to print some stuff out because I got an assignment that I got to do that I got to turn into class. So tomorrow's live stream, we'll be back at it around 9.30, 10 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure that you guys are tuned in. If you don't have post notifications turned on, make sure that you have the post notifications turned on. If you don't know, right next to the subscribe button on the right is a little bell icon. And if you press it, it will allow you to get notified every time I upload a video a lot of you guys hit me up and you say JT like why aren't your videos popping up I'm not seeing your videos pop up so make sure that you go ahead and you have you have post notifications turned on so you don't miss when we go live and you don't miss when we upload new content and as always I appreciate you guys for tuning in if you enjoyed tonight's episode leave a like before you head out subscribe to the channel if you're new and most importantly Rate the JT Sports Podcast five stars, man. We're trying to get to 100 five-star reviews. If you are somebody who listens to podcasts, we're not just a YouTube channel. Every episode of the podcast that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. The JT Sports Podcast is available. All you got to do is type in the JT Sports Podcast, whichever podcasting platform you like to use. Or you can go down to the description down below and there will be the links to the Apple and Spotify versions of the podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and I will see you guys tomorrow night with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.